begin a new Sefer, Parsha Shemos. And Sefer Shemos. Parsha Shemos begins the Sefer. And uh, it's called Exodus. But really, we're beginning now with the formation of Am Yisrael. Whereas beforehand, it was a formation of the family and the world that became uh, uh, the world we we are. This is the formation of, a, of, of the transformation uh, from a family to a nation. Surprisingly, we will see the first ones to the first one to recognize or to pronounce the family of Yaakov as a nation of Am Yisrael is Paro. It's fascinating. Paro says, Hine Am Bene Yisrael, right? So this is a, 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 a huge transformation in the purpose of this nation and to come back to its core, to its point, which is really something we will see throughout the the Sefer itself. And this is really in the introduction of Ramban to the Sefer. Um, so it starts off re, um, re-emphasizing the passing of the previous generation of those that came down to Mitzrayim uh, as a family, the death of that generation, the beginnings, <coughs> sorry, the, the beginnings of the uh, slavery and the difficulties of Am Yisrael, Moshe's uh, uh, birth and Moshe being um, taken into Paro's household, essentially as uh, uh, Paro's daughter's um, stepson. And from within that home, he comes out, he sees his brethren, and he takes on a leadership role there. He has to run away. it comes to Midian, becomes a shepherd for Yisro, his father-in-law. And then he sees the burning bush. And at the burning bush, an enormous amount of this, uh, of, of uh, theology, if you would, comes into play. We talked about this many times that Torah really doesn't have much theology. Whereas theology is our understanding, if you would, of God. Almost the entire Torah is Hashem's understanding of us, of Hashem's perspective and guidance to us how to live in the world within which he gives us a space, us as humans, us as a neshama, a space to be. That's the perspective of much of Torah. But there are little pockets here and there of Hashem allowing for us or telling us little bits about what it is that we can understand or how we should perceive the relationship with Hashem or the presence of Hashem amongst us. And here we get little bits of that as well, whether it's Moshe's questioning about how to, you know, what should I tell them your name is, or uh, Hashem introducing himself first time, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, the same introduction as we have at the Ten Commandments. And then, Moshe finally uh, agrees to go to Paro with, with Aaron, his uh, um, interpreter, if you would, or a spokesperson. He comes in and, and begs on behalf of his, uh, of his brethren. It only gets worse. And then he turns to Hashem and says, why did you send me if it's going to make it worse? And in between, we have the episode also of, of the, uh, the brismila, the, um, the uh, circumcision of his son on the travels there, and then he sends his family back. So all that happens in this week's Parsha. Never mind that it it is also an enormous lapse of time as well, because 
the, the total of Am Yisrael's uh, time in, 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 in Mitzrayim is 210 years, 17 years uh, Yaakov is alive. You have an additional 50, 60 years that Yosef is alive, um, another uh, 20 years that the rest of the brothers are alive. Um, so, so really the, the, the um, uh, moment of Moshe being born is, uh, you know, is about a hundred, uh, about a hundred years or really <coughs> less, I mean, 70, 80 years after the passing of everyone, which is at the beginning of the Parsha. And then Moshe's life itself is 80 years until he comes back to talk to Paro. So that's the, the, the 150 years that happen in this Parsha. So uh, let us begin and let's see some of the things, uh, some of the points we can uh, look at as what, in what the Torah is teaching us. The Torah begins, the Parsha begins with a Vav, and, which is, Interesting and peculiar. You don't really start a new book with and, but really uh, the message is important. This is the continuation. This is the direct outcome of the previous Sefer. This is the direct outcome of Avram and Sarah, Yitzhak and Rivka, Yaakov and Rachel and Leah and Bila and Zilpa and the, the, the children they had and the family they built and the foundation upon the the, um, uh, the stone that he built at, that, um, at the uh, Haramoria, at the place of, that, uh, uh, of his dream, of his vision, seeing that he is really the ladder between, the, between heaven and earth, between earth and heaven, really. And the family built upon that. And they come to they come to Mitzrayim to a place that definitely did not live up to or did not have the same worldview as Avraham, and this family of Avraham, the progeny, the students, the 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 the, the propagators of the ideas of Avraham, come to Mitzrayim. These are the names of the children of Israel, Habaim, that are that are presently coming to Mitzrayim. And the Midrash says it says it in the present tense because they kept on coming into Mitzrayim. The more they stayed there, the more they came into Mitzrayim. They, they, they didn't come to Mitzrayim at one moment and remain who they were separate but within Mitzrayim. No, they continuously habaim Mitzrayim. They are coming to Mitzrayim. They're constantly assimilating more and more, as we'll see. This is the theme of the first few psukim. But these are the names of those that come to Mitzrayim. And it's uh, interesting. Rashi from the Midrash says that they're enumerated again because each one of them was like a star, meaning each one of them was worthy of a particular pronunciation of their name, meaning each one had their own the characteristic as the end of last parsha said each one of them brought something to the totality of Am Yisrael of the nation of Yisrael and each one was a necessary component so each one of them is their own star or as Sephornu uh, says in his in his uh, explanation or commentary that each one of them was worthy of the name and worthy of recognition um, 
so that we should know each one of them as their personalities and as their um, uh, their legacy for Am Yisrael. And it names all the children. But the problem was, one second, in the end of the verse says, Habay Mitzrayma Es Yaakov Yishu They each came, but they didn't come alone or they didn't come independently or or, or or as an independent entity. They came as Yaakov. It doesn't say Im Yaakov, with Yaakov, but Es Yaakov. They each came as being Yaakov. They were, they were that entity that Yaakov brought from, from Yitzchak, from Avraham. They embodied and they came as the same entity as a family of Yaakov. They and their whole household. So they came as a single entity with the same vision and the same perspective and the same uh, 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 drive for life and, and, and connection to the messages and the teachings of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. However, as verse 6 says, Vayamas Yosef And Yosef died. Yosef, who had the ability to maintain the righteousness and the, and the character of who he was, even in Mitzrayim. And then that generation, Yosef and his brother, his brothers, and then the whole generation, slowly slipping away from what that connection to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov was, slowly slipping away more and more, coming into Mitzrayim more and more as uh, uh, the whole time. And this is really, as we will see, the, the crux of, of the slavery and the loss of, of who they were. You know, when we think of slavery, and this is a, 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 an important topic to think about, we think often slavery is the hard work. Slavery is the, um, uh, you know, the, the anguish, the pain. No doubt those are, are difficult uh, but there are many people that work very hard, um, and it's not slavery. Uh, people who have uh, 50, 60 hour shifts in hospitals to take care of the ill, um, uh, that's not slavery, even though that it's an enormously difficult job and, and, and very hard. So what's the definition of slavery, as we'll see throughout here, uh, throughout this Parsha? Slavery is the inability to decide for yourself, to be yourself. One may not, maybe has, uh, they don't have a lot of work. Maybe they have a really good accommodation. Maybe they are the slave that doesn't sleep in the, in, in the slave house, but in the master's quarters. Maybe they have a lot of, a, 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 a lot of uh, blessing within their situation. But ultimately, they are not who they can be or can't be who they ought to be because they are not independent. They are not themselves. And we say this when we talk about, uh, you know, someone is slave to their addiction or to their uh, uh, lust or to, to, to their drives or, or, or to their work, right? It doesn't mean that they are overworked by it. It means that they are not independent and can't free themselves from it. So the freedom that needs to come to Am Yisrael, in the words of Ramban, is that the, the, the slavery or the galus and the redemption 
that needs to happen is the redemption. The Am Yisrael will not be redeemed until they come back to their place, but even more so to Ma'alat Avotam, to the elevation of their forefathers, to who they are to be and meant to be. And so what we look and we see in the, in the future Pashas, when it deals about, when it talks about Am Yisrael's redemption, it doesn't only say that Hashem will stop the work, but will take you out from the, from, uh, the difficulty of Mitzrayim. And I will save you from their, from, from their work. But I will take you as a nation. That's the ultimate redemption, having a purpose of oneself. And that's what Am Yisrael is losing here in going into Egypt. They are losing who they are, who we are. And it's a dichotomy between Yosef and Yosef's assimilation into Egypt, maintaining his self and his character of who he, he is and is meant to be, while others who assimilate and have no sense of who they are anymore. And so we find in verse 7, Uvne Israel Paru, they were plenty, they were many, but it also uses a very peculiar term for saying that Am Yisrael became many. Vayishritzu. And they became bug-like. Yeah, vermin. Vayishritzu. Right? It's a very peculiar thing for the Torah to say. But as Sephorno in his commentary says that they became many, but they became many, but also natula darke shiratsi. They bent themselves to the ways of Shiratsim, bugs, is a very interesting metaphor uh, because when we look at uh, animals, there are animals whose feet come straight down from their torso, raising them away from the body, from the from the ground, elevating them to some degree, and then there are creatures whose legs come out from the side of their body, so that they can be closer to the ground not elevated. Rabbi, could this also be um, the Torah giving us a possible perspective of the Egyptians and, and Paro? Yeah, we'll get to that also. Paro looking at them and saying, who are they? Or Sephorno says exactly that. Like, I don't recognize these people as, as great as Joseph, but really, mm-hmm. really, you know, they, these, are, these are bugs. These are vermin. They're, they're, they're invading our place, for sure. Yes, thank you, Spencer. Um, um- I just want to say something about the Hebrew um, word lishrot also means to just stay put, just to really stay put. Um, that's it, it's a, just used as a phrase in, in spoken Hebrew. Modern Hebrew. Modern Hebrew, like mata shoretsham, like why you just sit, it's like you're shoretsing on your couch, you know, for hours. Interesting, interesting phrase, yeah. yeah. I wonder if it, it, it has something to do with, with, with this route here. Yeah. In any case, what the end of the Pasuk tells us, that even though they became uh, tremendously enormous in numbers, right? In very, very great in numbers. And uh, it says, and the land was filled of them. And it's interesting. It doesn't say the land was filled by them, which would be mayhem, but rather, the land was filled, otam, into them, 
they didn't only spread through the land, but as they did so, the land filled them as well. They became as Egyptian as they did when they moved in to Egypt. So as they spread into the land, out of Goshen, into Mitzrayim proper, they also filled themselves with becoming Egyptian. And as the Navi Yecheskel tells us, that really the distinction between Am Yisrael and the Egyptian was very small. Now, it, it was nearly indistinguishable. Nearly. But nearly, they were almost as Egyptian as the Egyptians. And as often happens when that happens, we think like, oh, I'll assimilate and then there won't be any anti-Semitism. I'll assimilate and then no one's going to be upset that we're here. That's when a new king came on to Egypt. And as Spencer pointed out, he could not recognize these people as the same people as Yosef. Yosef had come here and maintained his identity as an Ivri, as someone from the other side, someone who maintained his righteousness and his way of life in spite of having been a slave there and then a leader there. They came here and, and, and assimilated and he could not tell them, he could not see that they were the same people as Yosef. And then he, he made a pronouncement. Vayomer and he said, El Amo, to his nation. So Paro first makes a distinction. My nation, I need you to know that there is another nation here separating, make, make othering Am Yisrael. And then he says, Hine, behold, look at what has happened. Am B'nai Yisrael. B'nai Yisrael have become an Am. They become a nation. Not only did he separate, speak to his own nation, say, look, there's another nation amongst us, but he turned them into a nation. And this is the purpose of our stay in Am Yisrael, in, the, in Mitzrayim, in the Kur HaBarzel, to become from a family, to go through the trial and tribulation of turning into a nation. It didn't have to be as bad. It didn't have to be that we assimilated so much and had the troubles, but we did have to become a nation there. And Paro is the one to proclaim us, Am B'nai Yisrael. But he could find no fault with B'nai Yisrael. The only fault they could be is there are too many of them. Rav va'atzumimenu. For us, this is too much already. For us, the amount of Am Yisrael we have here is just too much. Again, hava nishak malo. We have to come be wise with them because if we were just to persecute them on account of who they were, they, they don't deserve any persecution. They're not doing anything wrong. They're, they are... Uh, upright people, good people, but we have to eliminate them by oppressing them somehow. And so um, he creates these the the, the Jew tax, the first Jew tax. In order to pain them by 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 needing to um, tolerate these heavy burdens placed upon them, and they built these cities, but they were diligent and they did so well. And so uh, it backfired. And as he oppressed them, Cain, so too, King Yerbeth, so too, they became uh, greater in number and more.
everything was backfiring to the degree that they were disgusted in Am Yisrael. They hated, they were disgusted in the children of Yisrael. So um, uh, he goes into the next phase of trying to kill them. And in, in doing so, he, uh, um, he, he tells the midwives, you have to kill them. And the response of the midwives is, we can't, we, it doesn't work. Because they have an essence of life. They are alive. And this is the, the opposite of slavery, the opposite of what Para wanted to do. He wanted to take away the essence of life of the individual, to, to take away their independence as a person, a purpose. And the Mialdos, the, the midwives say, no, they are a, a, a vibrant people. They are people that have a purpose and they have a mission and they have a sense of life. And therefore, we cannot, we cannot uh, kill their children because they have that vibrancy. They are chayos. They themselves are alive. So he goes into all-out war and says, okay, not some... Uh, some uh, mysterious death at birth, we're going to go in and kill as many as we can. And here we are introduced to Moshe. Vayelech Ishmi Beis Levi, this is the beginning of the second chapter of this parsha. Vayelech Ishmi Beis Levi. A man came from the house of Levi. It doesn't tell us who he is. And the Midrash tells us that this is because he did so on the uh, prophecy of his daughter. Yochevet and Amram, Moshe's parents, had been married. As we know that both Aaron and Miriam are older, and he has an older brother. Yet it says over here that a man went and married and had a child, Moshe, but there were two older siblings because they had separated. When he heard that Paro was killing their children, they said, okay, it's time for us to separate because we didn't want, they didn't want to uh, uh, have children. And Miriam came and said, you know, you are, you are meant to birth the, the savior of Am Yisrael. And your, your separation is worse than Paro. Because Paro, he's only out to kill the, the boys. And you are killing the boys and the girls. You are holding back life from all potential life. And so he went and, re- and, 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 and uh, went back to Yochevet. And then they had this son, Moshe. So this is the first prophecy of Miriam. And the humility of a man willing to accept the word of his young daughter in the wisdom from where it came from. And that's why the humility here is shown by just ish, a man who is humble and willing to accept uh, what is right. And they saw him and knew he was good. And the Ramban and all, really all the commentators say, like, every baby's good. What does it mean? They saw him and he was good. Which mother looks at their own child and says, yeah, this one's no good, right? Uh, uh, of course he's good means that they saw something particularly wonderful about this child. They saw an essence of good. Midrash has many different 
uh, ways of seeing this. But the idea is that from the start, they could see that Miriam's prophecy was to be in this child. And they were able to hide him for three months. And then they could no longer hide him. And she did something that seemingly made no sense. Right? Instead of trying to hide him in the house, put him out in the water in what would seem to be even a more precarious way. But the Ramban says, because she saw that there was something special about this child, she knew that something was meant to be with this child that would, that, that would be able to survive putting them out in a basket in the, uh, uh, amongst the reeds. And his sister, who had prophesied about him, right? She, was a, she knew, and so she stood to see what would happen with this child. Um, And then the daughter of Paro went down to the water. This is this is the uh, amazing, uh, um, the amazing uh, Yad Hashem, the amazing guidance of Hashem in this story, bringing the child into the home of Paro, the closest, and to be. To, to be within the place itself of where he needs to redeem Am Yisrael. Not brought up by some other Egyptian, not just saved by, uh, by, by what would seem miraculous. Of course, this, this is miraculous in and of itself that she would find him and be willing to spare him. And as the, uh, the, the Torah indicates, she went out to the, to, to the water, but she had Na'aroseha, she had her maidens, along the water side as well, but they didn't see the child. Only she did, and she sent her, her servant, Amasa. She sent her servant out there. The change in terms from Na'aroseha, from her maidens, to Amasa, to her, 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 um, to, to her uh, maidservant, tells the Midrash a, uh, uh, um, the idea that she tried and her arms stretched to get there. The idea is that she knew that what she was doing was, at, was outside the norm, outside of what the daughter of Paro should be doing in finding this child. And she uh, saw the hand of Hashem guiding in that her, her, her uh, you know, the, the ladies-in-waiting who, if they had seen the child, would not have allowed her to save it, were not there. They were off at the side of the sea. Uh, of the sea. And she was bathing by herself with her maid and her maid brought the baby to her. In other words, this was allowed to happen where she could save this child because no one else was there to stop her from doing this. But verse six, very peculiar verse. She saw him, the child. And (coughs) S over there is extra. Batereu Hayelad would be good. It doesn't even say that. It says she saw him almost with the child. There was something, someone with the child, which tells the Midrash and Rashi brings it that she saw Shekhinah with the child. There was in, in seeing, right? If you look at the Hebrew, it's very peculiar. All the translations say, right? And she saw the child, but that's not what it says. She saw him 
the and the child or with the child. She saw Shekhinah. The idea is that she too was able to see that this child was different, that this child had something that was more important, that was greater than just a child out there. And uh, so she had compassion on him and she said, this must be a Jewish child. So she knew what it was. She knew who this child was and nevertheless saved the child. She tries uh, nursing the child and obviously the, the, the kid's hungry. And so her sister says, you know, I can get you a wet nurse for this baby. And the wet nurse is the mother itself. And she's, and the daughter of Paro says to the baby's mother, please, you nurse this child until he's weaned and I will pay you. The bracha, sometimes we see the hand of Hashem and sometimes it comes with the cherry on the top. There's, right, there's, this story would be wonderful that the daughter of Paro brings Moshe, the savior of Israel, into the house of Paro to raise him there so he knows exactly what to do and to bring him and so that he can be the savior of Am Yisrael. All that would be great if his mother wasn't paid to nurse her and care for her own child. That's always... This, Dayenu. This, right, Dayenu. <laughs> That's right. The Dayenus here pile up, but there's there's an additional a hug from Hashem. It says, look, I know how difficult this, these trials and tribulations are. I just want you to feel and see the bracha and the that, that I'm with you here in in such an, an amazing way. So uh, we get to Shalishi, and she names him, and that's Moshe's name. Uh, we have that his name was Avigador. Um, his Hebrew name and his um, and his Egyptian name is Moshe, and that's the way we have him. Uh, and it was on those days that Moshe went out, and he, as he got older, he even though that he was raised by in by the daughter of Paro, he was able to identify himself as his a part of his brothers as an as a Jew. And so he went out to his brethren. Even though he's royalty, he went out to his brethren to see he's going to be a part of them and, and see how they are. What is sevel? Sevel is where you, you have to carry a burden, but it's also where you are willing to, ca- to carry that burden. Savlanut in modern Hebrew, or lisbol, is the is the tolerance. One of the difficulties of slavery is that the slave, not able to main, not able to self-identify, not able to identify themselves as an individual, just tolerates their situation. This is who they are, and Moshe saw that. Vayar, and what did he see? Besivlo sum. He saw not only the burden they carry, but they're carrying that burden. And he realized that they need to be awakened. And in order to be awakened, they have to realize that it doesn't have to be so. It doesn't have to be so. This can change. And so he makes the first change. 
he saw an Egyptian hitting, striking a Jew, and he said, that must stop, and he killed him. But more, Vayarki ein ish. He saw there was no man. He saw there's no one taking charge and saying, that's not okay. So he needed to step in. And he stepped in, Bamakom Sheinish, where there was no leader, there was no one taking responsibility. He stepped in. The next day, he saw people fighting, Jews. And he said, uh, Evil one, why, do you, why are you striking the other? And then they said, Ah, you're here to change this too. We know what you did. Why are you, why are you causing a ruckus? And then he had to escape and he had to run. Uh, so <coughs> he ran away, he went to the Be'er, to the well, and there he finds the seven daughters of, uh, of uh, Yisro. And he steps in. This is Moshe taking leadership, step by step, realizing that you must stand up for what's right. He did so for his brethren. He did so when amongst his brethren they were fighting, and now he comes and sees someone taking advantage or people taking advantage of these shepherdesses because they were not as strong. And so he stepped in and made sure that they got what was right for them to be able to uh, um, uh, give water to their own sheep. And this is Moshe becoming the shepherd, the trusted shepherd. Moshe, the Raya Mehemna. The, tr- the trusted shepherd, the shepherd of Am Yisrael, who shepherded the nation through the desert, is becoming a shepherd, the trait of our ancestors, of our forefathers and, and foremothers. He now takes on this characteristic as well, and he becomes a shepherd as he marries Zipporah, the daughter of Yisrael. He now becomes a shepherd for Yisrael's, uh, children, uh, for Yisrael's sheep. Before Moshe can get a message from Hashem, a, sh- a shift and a change happens within Am Yisrael itself. And here we get to uh, the first r- revelation, really, of what it is to be a slave and what Hashem is doing for Am Yisrael. This is in the second chapter in verse 23 and on. And it was in those many days... Okay, this is Moshe's eight, about to turn 80 because he, when he comes back to talk to, to Paro, he's 80 years old. So this, and a, a lot of time has passed. That's what the Torah says. Many days. The king of Egypt died. And Bnei Yisrael, they sigh. They, they, they take it hard. But not, of course, for the death of Paro. But in the lull, because of the death of Paro, for the first time, they can sense what their plight is. We talked about the slavery of where you don't even have a sense of yourself. That's the, that's the crux of slavery. That's the depth of the difficulty of slavery. Where you don't even have an, an identity. And they finally... You don't have that, right? They were just tolerant of their situation. And they finally have a break. Because of the death of of Paro, they now can come to their senses and say, this is just not okay. And that is where the change can now begin. 
when they finally see that where they are in the state that they are and who they have become is just not okay. And they cry out, not for the anguish, not for the difficulty of the, of the beatings, but just of the slavery itself, of the lack of self-identity, that they're not even human beings. And then Hashem hears it. But Hashem hears it because they have recognized it and they cry out. And now Hashem says, now you're worthy of being a part of the covenant of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Now you can identify yourself as a people. You can stand up for giving yourself an identity that has been stripped from you entirely. You're not even a human. Now you can be remade in the shape of the, the purpose that you need to be. Hashem remembers his covenant, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. But they weren't ready for it. So the next verse says, What Hashem saw was what they didn't see. Hashem didn't only see, they saw that they didn't have anything. And they cried out because of that slavery, because of the lack of self. Hashem saw, I'm Bnei Yisrael. Hashem could see the future, that they are the children of Israel, and Hashem knew right now their potential. So if you look at the verses, it says, Hashem heard, Hashem remembered, Hashem saw, and Hashem knew. The, this is the, heard their cry that they finally are awakening to their own plight, that they don't have their identity, that they're not who they are. And then Hashem said, yeah, but you, ha- you can be, you have a promise, you have a covenant to who you can be. And I know that you will be. I can see the future. I can see who you can be. And so Hashem now knows that it is time that they are ready for this change. So who's going to bring them out? So Hashem sees the shepherd, the trusted shepherd, and, see, and, and, and awakens him. To his calling. But that awakening does not come by a call, but by a sight. You have to be alert. You have to be willing to see. You have to be able to see that the world is not just a physical entity that is running on its own. You have to be aware and in tune to an elevated world. And so Hashem created something unique. A sneh. A, a thorn bush with a fire at its heart and in that fire an angel now in angels you don't see with your physical eye you can see a bush and you can see a fire but you have to see with your mind's eye to be able to see the 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 uh, malach in there so it says, he brings it, the mountain is already designated as Hashem's mountain, where the Torah is going to be given. Meaning from the start, the purpose, the creed of the nation, what makes this people, gives them their identity, is already set. Because as we talked about, slavery is not about the work. Slavery is not about the toil. It's not even about the difficulties. It's about being yourself versus being someone else's. And if they are going to be themselves, they have to have their own purpose predestined before they can leave Mitzrayim. 
So before Hashem sends Moshe, this mountain is designated as Har Choreif, as Har HaElokim, the mountain of Hashem. Vayera Malach Hashem love, and this is in chapter 3, verse 2, and the angel of Hashem was seen to him, Belavas Eish, in the heart of the fire, Mitochasne, in the midst of the sne, the midst of the thorn bush. Inside, the inside, that's where he can see it. If you have the ability to, to see more than what is physically seen. And we can, we, there are many, many phenomena that we say that we see, even though we don't see it. You know, we see the result of magnetics. We see the result of gravity, but we see it. We see the concept, not physically with our eyes, but with our with the, with with the eye that is much deeper, with the uh, the with the eye of our mind. And so he saw not the bush itself, and not even the fire in its heart, but the the angel that's in there. Vehine hasneboer beish, but the the snares burning in fire, vahasne enenu ukal, but it's not consumed. And that's unique, to be able to see the world and to be impressed by its uniqueness and not be uh, stuck in the outer shell of the physical world. Ayomer Moshe, Moshe said, I must turn. Asurana, I must turn away from just the, 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 the um, slumber of the day-to-day, the mundane. The Eres Amara Hagadolaze, and I have to see this vision that is so great. Why is it that it's not consumed? And Hashem sees that he turned to see. And now it's time to call Moshe. Because Moshe has shown his ability to break out of it to see. We don't have time to go into all the name changes of Hashem, but you, if you look at the Hebrew in the translation, I'm sure it's always God, God, or Lord, God. The changes between Hashem and Elohim are very important in every single one of these changes in the Pasuk. Um, it is worthy of you to notice and to learn each one of them. Vayomer Moshe, Moshe. And the call says, Moshe, Moshe. Vayomer Hineni. He says, I am ready. I'm ready for the call. And Hashem says, Al you can't come any closer. Shalna alecha mi al raglecha. Rabbeinu Bachye says, Bachye ben Pekuda in the uh, 11th century, uh, the, the shoe, the leather surrounding the foot is the body, is the, is the uh, represents the external, the physical, that, that, that blocks us from connecting with the deeper. So take your shoe off. If you want to really understand and see what's inside this bush, what's inside the heart, what's the message, to see this great sight, you have to be willing to detach yourself from the, from the, the, the surface. The facade can't be the only thing you see. You have to see beyond. You have to be willing to see not only the, the, the magnet and not only that the magnet is pulled to the other, which is the result 
of something, but to see what makes that happen. Go deeper. See where it is. And that's the message of remove your shoes. Be kadosh. Be holy. Be more than just uh, um, reflexive or responsive to, to, to stimuli. Go into it deeper. Seek it and get to the deeper place. Because this land itself is the holy mountain. It's the Hara Elohim. You are standing on a holy place, a place that can bring spirituality and not can, but will bring the ultimate spirituality into the world of the human being. The next statement is, I am Hashem, uh, um, I am the God of your fathers, the God of each one of your forefathers. And Moshe hid his face. Rabbi, I have a question. Yeah. Um, why does it transition from an angel of the Lord appeared to him, but the angel, it, it, it goes from the angel being the bush or consuming the bush to then God uh, speaking from it. Wouldn't it make more sense to be consistent if it was the angel speaking to him? Yeah, angels are not um, fluffy white things with uh, strategically placed ribbons and wings floating around in the air, right? That's that's not our uh, idea of it. Angels are a, a spiritual will of Hashem placed somewhere to do that which it is. It's not well, Hashem is just speaking through the angel. Correct. The, the, well, when we talk about angels, I mean, it's we shouldn't be thinking of them uh, the um, of Michelangelo's art, as beautiful as the art is. That's not the images we should be having. Unfortunately, those are the influences we have, but uh, they they aren't uh, our images. Um, and even the verses in in Yeshayahu and Yechezkel, uh, they they don't mean the physical things that we see. Uh, so uh, the, the, the angel here, the word malach means a messenger. And, and when we talk about angels, they are uh, the angels of Hashem, the, 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 those that do the will of Hashem. The sun is a power designated by Hashem to do something. Uh, and, and there are spiritual beings or entities that that bring that, you know, in, in Pacific Northwest terms, we may say energies, right? Um, but it, it, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't tie ourselves to any of these terms because they, they, they limit, they limit uh, our understanding or our ability to really get to what it is. So for, for, uh, for the sake now, we're just going to say Malach Hashem. The angel of Hashem is in that, is in that space, in the bush, in the fire, in the heart of that, within that is a call from the message of Hashem. And the, and, and the fire itself is the message of Hashem, is an angel of Hashem. And the bush itself is, a, in, a, in a sense, the angel of Hashem here. But ultimately, when Moshe turns, then the prophecy comes directly from Hashem to him, a message from Hashem. So good noticing, Spencer, you, got, you, you hit some of yeah, some of what the crux of what really what's going on here, the, the finer important points. Unfortunately, as um, Jacob said at the beginning of the class, it's a packed parsha, so we're not going to be able to uh, get to everything. So, um, all right. So, so uh, Moshe, Hashem says to Moshe, "I heard 
the call of Am Yisrael. I've seen and I have heard, and I know. Again, I've seen, I've I've heard, and I know all their pain, their difficulty, and so on. Ve'ered lahatzilo, and I will come down to save them. Throughout the Torah, there are several times that Hashem comes down. What this means is, uh, you know, just just in a in a in a nutshell, all right. But obviously, there's a lot to to unpack in this. But this means is that. Hashem comes down and infuses the world with a with a greater sense of spirituality that isn't self that isn't something that we worked on, but Hashem is coming and infusing it so that we can be elevated to something, so something can come, so a change can happen, so something that needs to happen can be there. Am Yisrael is not in and of itself worthy at this point of this redemption. Now Hashem says, "I will come down and I will make it happen," not because. They are making it happen for themselves. I will come down to make that change. Meaning I will, a greater sense of spirituality, of Kedusha, is going to come to the world to elevate, to bring it to its next level of tachlis, of its purpose. And I will, and there's a reward that will bring them to the land of milk and honey. And uh, now, va'ata, behold, the cry of Am Yisrael comes to me and I see their pressure that the Egyptians are doing them. And now, you must go, and I'm going to send you to my nation. Hashem here takes Paro's words and says, yes, Am Yisrael is a nation, but it's Ami. They are my nation. They aren't only a nation. It's not just that they are a people. Ami, B'nai Yisrael. They are my people. Who am I? Not that he didn't know his relationship with the house of Paro. He knew that he can do this. He didn't say, mi ani, mi anochi. But who am I as an individual? What, what, what can I do to go to Paro and to bring Am Yisrael out? His humility kicks in and says, I know that, yes, I have a connection there. And yes, I know the workings of that family. But mi anochi. But who am I as an individual? Who am I as, a, a, as an entity? You're right. It's not because of you as an individual. Nothing happens because of someone as an individual. It's because I will be with you. Here Hashem is telling us the direct interaction of Hashem with the world through the people that act. When you act, I am acting through you. And here's the sign. Here's the purpose. This is, where are we standing now? On this very mountain designated as Am Hashem, here is where you're going to bring them. This mountain is where you're going to bring them because you're not only taking Am Yisrael out of Egypt. You're not only stopping the slavery. You're actually going to make them a nation by giving them a creed. The Torah will come at this place. We talked about the Ramban at the beginning of the Parsha, the contrast of slavery, where slavery is an, a lack of sense of self, a lack of entity, a lack, I'm, I'm a nothing, I'm a nobody, I don't have a self. Unfortunately, we know that just emancipation, just not being a slave is not sufficient for one having a sense of self. N- not enough to give someone themselves back. They may not be 
slaves in the sense of slavery, but they will still not have a sense of self until that's given back to them. And so Hashem says to Moshe, here's the sign. It's not just you're going to take them out of Egypt, but you're going to bring them here and make them a nation. They will become an entity. We will get the Torah. We will serve Hashem. We will have a purpose in life. But I'm going to come and they're going to say, who sent me? What shall I tell them? And Hashem says, tell them that the God of history, who wills every part of what happens in the world and wills them to bring the world forth to its purpose, sent you. And, and, and it, it's a very deep conversation. We don't have uh, uh, the time to go into the, the dialogue in Moshe, but that's the crux, the message, the depth of what Moshe, Hashem tells Moshe. I will be with you and I will take you. And tell, gather the leaders and tell them Hashem has designated you. Pakod, pakadati, verse 16. Pakod Pakadati, often translated, Hashem has remembered. But that's not the word of Pakod. Talked about this in, in, in when, uh, the, that word when, when uh, Sarah is remembered to have a child. It's not a remembrance. That's the, the word for remembrance is Zachor. Like it says earlier, Vayiz Korelokim, Hashem remembered. Pakod means to designate, to give a purpose. Tafkid. In modern Hebrew, a mefaked, someone who gives you your mission. Tafkid is the mission. And pakod is Hashem remembering, meaning designating, giving the purpose. Hashem has now given you your purpose. It's time to come out because you are no longer people without an, without an identity. You are no longer individuals who have no self. You now have a self. And more than that, you are a part of a nation with a purpose and a mission in the world. Um, and Hashem says, I know that they will not, that power will not let, and I will bring these miracles. And in the end, great things will happen as they leave. Chapter four, and Moshe responds, uh, but they're not going to believe me. So Hashem says, all right, so do these wonders and miracles, the staff on the floor, the, 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 the leprosy on his hand, the, the water turned to blood. And all this in the first uh, part of the fourth chapter. And then Hashem says, and then Moshe says in, in verse 10, Vayomer Moshe el Hashem. And Moshe says to Hashem, okay, look, I, I get it. They're going to believe me. You're showing miracles and there's a purpose and there's a reason. But you got the wrong guy. Lo ishtavarim anochi. I, I can't speak. Gam Look, you've been telling me this for days now, right? So Rashi points out from the Midrash, these verses, we see that Moshe has been arguing with Hashem for days. It's like Hashem says, you got to go. And it was an argument. Hashem gives him back. So let me think about it, right? Comes back and they say, like, no, I'm, I'm, it's, it, not me, no. And then Hashem responds. He says, I'll, I'll come back tomorrow. I'll give you an answer. He comes back. He says, look, from the days that we started talking to me, yesterday, the day before, from when you started talking to me, I can't speak. You know that. I I, I, I don't have a mouth to speak. I, I, I'm, I have a heavy mouth. 
ukavad loshem and a heavy tongue, I, whether it's a stutter or a lisp or both, I, I just can't speak. I'm not the right guy for this. Vayomer Hashem love, And Hashem responds and says, Mi sam pela adam. Who gives a mouth to a person? It's a good answer. But Hashem doesn't stop there. O mi yasum ilayn. Or who makes someone unable to speak? Who gives someone sight or takes it away? Hello, Anochi Hashem. I, Hashem. The first two words of the Ten Commandments. Anochi Hashem. Why did he not say, look, I give you a mouth. I'll make you speak. He says, no, I took your mouth away as well. The Ran, Rabbeinu Nisim, uh, 13th century in, in, in uh, Garandi says uh, uh, a fascinating idea. Hashem is saying to Moshe, that's precisely why I want you to be the leader. I don't need a charismatic, charismatic leader who can win people over because of the dynamism of his personality and the, and, and the power of his speech. We have many evil people that can do that too. Unfortunately, we know history has so many people who won over good people to the bad because of their power of speech. That's not what I'm looking for. The power of your speech is going to be truth, not your your oratorial skills, not because you're going to be a great orator, not because of, 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 of the mouth, but precisely because the one who gives a mouth is also the one who makes someone unable to speak, and I choose you because of that. The Torah the leader of Am Yisrael was not given to us because we were blown over by someone's beautiful speech, but because of the truth in the message itself. And for that, precisely, Moshe, you are being chosen. Who gives a mouth? And who makes someone... uh, 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 lose their speech or not be able to speak, speak. it's Anochi Hashem. It is the message of I Hashem at, the, at Har Sinai, of the Ten Commandments, of the Torah, that must come from someone who is just a mouthpiece, who cannot speak on their own. And that's why I, I choose you. So Moshe says, oh, okay, so I'm not the one that's going to be able to say it. So that means you have someone else. Send it with that person. And here Moshe says, Hashem says to Moshe, indeed, your brother Aaron will be your mouthpiece. And he is so joyous to be his younger brother's uh, um, mouthpiece, to speak on your behalf. And he's coming to greet you. So now go and take the Bnei Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. The strength of the message of how we slipped into slavery, losing our self-identity. If we look at the two people who are the redeemers, the beginning and the end of our stay in Egypt, Yosef, who sustained Am Yisrael because he was able to maintain who he was while in Mitzrayim. And Moshe raised in the house of Paro and can identify and understand his mission and who it is to be a Jew, even in being raised in Mitzrayim in the house of Paro, as opposed to the people who were raised in the house of Yaakov and their children, 
but slowly every day came to Egypt more, came to Egypt again, assimilated a little more, a little more Egyptian, a little more Egyptians till they had no self-identity and the Egyptians were able to take, uh, take advantage of that and strip them of their identity of the self entirely. And that is the slavery. And the return, the ge'ula is only going to happen when we can return not only to a place, or precisely before we return to a place. The Torah wasn't given to us in Eretz Yisrael, but in the desert, even before we return to our homeland. We are already a nation because we've returned to who we were meant to be. We return to ourselves, return to individual people and to a peoplehood. People with a tough kid, pakod pakadati. I have designated you. I have given you a purpose, and that is your redemption. That's how you become an am, not just an am that Paro sees as in other people, but ami, my nation, because it's through my word that you will have a purpose. Tavdun On this mountain, you will serve Hashem through the word of Hashem.